Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Abe Shinzo, former Prime Minister of Japan, has been assassinated during a campaign event. These shootings are almost unheard of. Guns are highly restricted here. President Biden will sign an executive order aimed at protecting Americans' access to abortion. The June jobs report. 372,000 jobs last month. The reaction that the market has that counts. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views for a Friday. A lot to talk about. The theme you're going to find as we go through the stories today. The Biden administration doesn't really care that we have three branches of government. We've got the legislative, we've got the executive, which Joe is in charge of, and we've got the uh, judiciary. And apparently, Joe doesn't really care what the Supreme Court says, the opinions they make. Now, again, when 1973 came along and we had seven justices say that they found in the Constitution a legal right to kill babies in the womb, we were told by liberals that that was was the law. We couldn't argue with it. It's established law, and don't you dare question what the Supreme Court has said. Well, now the Supreme Court has come out with several rulings over the last few weeks, and we now find even today that uh, the Biden administration is basically, whether it's Roe v. Wade, whether it's the EPA, it doesn't really matter. They're going to do what they want to do. And again, it goes back to the the, uh, Obama administration when Obama said, hey, I've got a phone and a pen and I can bypass Congress. I can bypass one of the three branches of our federal government. Uh, Joe hasn't said, I've got a phone and a pen, but basically, and I I know it's not Joe. I know it's other people in the administration that are making these decisions. But as we go through these stories today, you're going to see that the theme is they don't believe in three branches of government. They think we are, and, and for all intents and purposes, it is becoming this way. We're becoming somewhat of a uh, oligarchy, a dictatorship, certainly not a republic with three branches of government. Uh, the big story today, of course, is out of Japan. World leaders are reacting to the news that former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe died after being shot at a campaign event. The assassin used a homemade gun and fired at the country's longest-serving prime minister from behind. Doctors were unable to save him due to excessive blood loss. He was pronounced dead shortly after 5 p.m. local time. Uh, They rushed him to the hospital, but his vital signs disappeared even before they took him from the scene to the hospital. Uh, Joe Biden raised some eyebrows today as uh, he made a statement. And again, whenever a liberal has the opportunity to uh, go after guns and the right to bear arms in America, even Joe used a situation in Japan that has the strictest gun laws of probably any country in the world. Uh, But yet he shifted his comments about how sad he was for the loss of the uh, prime minister to uh, switch it over to talk about gun violence and how terrible gun violence is. Again, Japan has got very, very, very strict gun laws. In fact, the guy couldn't buy a gun there. This was a homemade gun, which really gets to the point. I, I mean, liberals want to point to the weapon and not to the person who's using the weapon. 
Well, if this isn't a great example, <laughs> gun violence and gun control, this guy had to go make a homemade weapon. He was the problem, not the weapon. The 41-year-old who assassinated the prime minister reportedly has told police he was dissatisfied with the ex-leader and wanted to kill him, but not over his political beliefs. This is weird. Tetsuma Yamagami, who hails from Nara, Japan, where uh, Abe was gunned down while he was making a speech, is currently facing attempted murder. That will be upgraded to a, a, um, a charge of murder, according to the Japanese broadcaster NHK. Former Prime Minister Abe was giving a speech. A man came from behind. The first shot was uh, heard. Very loud sound. No one went to the ground. There was a second shot. The former prime minister collapsed immediately. The suspect didn't run away. Uh, He stayed there, and the gun was there. Uh, The authorities immediately tackled him, arrested him. And again, the uh, shockwaves around the world. Police say Yamagami was responding calmly to questions and had admitted to attacking Abe, telling investigators he had plotted to kill him because he believed rumors about the former leader's connection to a certain organization that police did not identify. So apparently he said what the organization was, but uh, that was not reported in the news. According to Rasmussen, their daily presidential tracking poll, just 37% of likely voters approve of Cousin Eddie, Joe Biden's job performance, while 61% disprove, President Trump, over his entire four years, never dipped lower than 38. So congratulations, Joe. You have now exceeded Donald Trump in something. (laughs) But listen, understand this. I mean, there's a, well, say it wasn't any worse than Donald Trump, just one percentage point. But consider the fact that the media never let up on Donald Trump. The mainstream media never gave him a break. The deep state was constantly harassing Trump. An investigation by Mueller spent $32 million investigating the president. And yet his numbers are better than Biden's. And Biden has a mainstream media that's been doing all they can to prop up the poor guy. <laughs> They're trying to act like, oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's fine. He's got all his cognitive abilities. He's doing just great. Biden was already seething at his terrible poll numbers. I mean, he didn't understand. He cannot understand why the people don't love his policies. And that's the course they continue on. Uh, Rasmussen's number is also concerning for another reason as well. This really is going to get to Joe. 65%, just 65% of Democrats approve of Biden. That's another record low. So in essence, 35% of his own party thinks, nah, Joe, you're not, you're not doing it, bud. The White House has tried to fix his steady polling decline with more travel and more speeches. Did you see the speech today after he signed the executive order? The poor guy just cannot get it right. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, we're, we'll get to the executive order in a little bit, but uh, it, it was – it was somewhat humorous among, I mean, he was stumbling through the speech, totally stumbling through the speech. But at one point, as he was going through the speech, the teleprompter said it was giving directions in parentheses. 
it was saying, uh, read a certain line, and then it said, repeat the line. Well, Joe just kept going, and he just said, repeat the line. And, of course, he was harassed big time on Twitter. But, uh, yeah, he's continuing to sink in the polls uh, just in time for the 2022 midterms. Uh, the question, again, is, you know, talked about this yesterday. Doug Schoen, he's come out and said the only hope is Hillary Clinton. <laughs> the Democrats are in big trouble. In all honesty, I mean, if I was advising the Democrats, I don't know that they're going to listen because they're just so determined to do what they want to do. It's not really a question of, you know, political smarts. If they really wanted to run somebody that would have a, a shot at winning, it would be Joe Manchin. He's the, he's the only one that they could put up that could possibly win them the White House. Now, now the very fact that Joe is still a Democrat worries me. Because, I mean, the guy says a lot of good things and seems to be willing to reach across the aisle and all that stuff. But I don't know how you can be from West Virginia. And again, the, the, the recent EPA ruling, that, that emanated out of, uh, out of West Virginia. I don't know how Joe can uh, continue to just align himself with the Democrats and, and be from West Virginia. But if they really wanted to run somebody, run Joe Manchin. Problem is, he, he's not going to carry the water for the extreme progressives. So that's the polling on Joe. We're a month away from the Wyoming primary, and uh, Representative Liz Cheney, uh, Cheney will face Harriet um, uh, Hagenen. Hagenen. Hagenen? Hagenen. I think is how you pronounce her last name. Uh, she's, she's the gal that um, Donald Trump has endorsed. Uh, even CNN has said of Liz Cheney, she's in a lot of trouble. Polling from Wyoming is limited. And, and again, uh, there's only one congressperson from Wyoming, and right now it's the only one is Liz. Uh, polling from Wyoming is limited, but what it does points out is an ominous picture. The Cooperative Election Study, a large academic survey, asks Americans whether they approve or disapprove of their member of Congress. Well, Wyoming only has Liz. She got a 72% disapproval rating. Now, what's interesting about this, and, you know, we're, we're talking about this a, a week or so ago. You know, will Democrats jump over and vote for Liz in the primary, switch parties? And Liz was actually encouraging that to happen. You know, switch your, switch your party affiliation and, uh, and vote for Liz. Here's the problem for Liz. 75% of Wyoming's, is that how you pronounce it? Is that what a Wyoming is? <laughs> the residents of Wyoming, 75% of them are Republicans. There's just 15% of the state are Democrats. If they all switched over to the Republican Party and voted, she'd still lose. Uh, they're also, fundraising, not going that well. Well, for Liz, she's got plenty of money, but it's all out-of-state money. Uh she has been lauded for her fundraising amounts, but her opposition, Hageman, her money comes from Wyoming, nearly $650,000 for Hageman from Wyoming. Local money for Liz Cheney, 270000 
So uh, the, the numbers are just not good for, for Liz. We'll know in a month for sure, but uh, not too good. Uh, more factors going against Cheney is her fellow Republicans who voted to impeach Trump. They have not done well in their primary races. Last month, Tom Rice from South Carolina lost to double digits to Trump-backed challenger Russell Fry. A runoff avoided Fry um, as a runoff was avoided, I should say, as Fry managed to get 51 percent. Twice as many votes as Rice. Rice voted to impeach. He got 24 percent of the votes in South Carolina primary. Fry got 51 percent. Not not a good sign. Tell you what, let's take a time out. We get back though. I'm going to go to a uh, interesting Gallup poll. This is not about a person. It is about U.S. institutions. And uh, there's one institution that uh, you know we get mad at all the time. But interestingly, whether it's a Democrat, a Republican, an Independent, the majority of Americans don't trust this institution. I'll tell you what it is when we get back. No need to search for the facts. The fact is, it's, um, well, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, hold on. Let's see, they, uh, they gave me, uh. Just take note. Okay, it's, uh, one pound of ground beef, one egg. What is this? That's a recipe for, uh, for meatloaf someone gave me. That's not... And check in throughout the day, here. Look. Uh, no, seriously. Look around. Did anybody see a piece of paper with my notes on it? For what's next, travel with us on Talk 96.3 and 103.7 with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back in. Taking a quick look at your weather forecast. Thunderstorms tonight, likely a chance of rain to 70%, low around 74. Tomorrow, isolated thunderstorms in the morning. In the afternoon, more likely chance of rain tomorrow, 80%. Thunderstorms tomorrow night, 90% with low around 70. Tomorrow's high is going to be around 90. Uh, The good news is cloudy and cooler on Sunday. Now, the uh, graphic on the uh, tube says 82. My notes say 79. Anyway, it's going to be cooler than it has been the last couple of days. Again, a 60% chance of rain on Sunday. And I know it's the weekend. You want sunshine. You don't want the rain, but we do need the rain. You know, we've been following the story of the suspect in the July 4th shooting up outside of Chicago in Highland Park, um, Bobby Crimo third. His parents, there's another story out today, they just have a long line of uh, bizarre behavior. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Numerous times the police had to go out to the house uh, the mother was pursuing romantic encounters. Uh, according to Fox News, the dad um, consumed a lot of alcohol. There was constant arguing in the home. Y- yesterday we talked about the fact that uh, it appears that um, he abused weed. Uh, it, it is, um, you know, when you when you live a bizarre lifestyle you know the the verse the sins of the fathers will be visited upon the sons i think this is exactly what it's talking about this is exactly it if you're going to live this crazy lifestyle an unbiblical lifestyle and uh you know follow follow the biblical mandates and you know what you're going to you're going to live a better life than if you just go out and live this this in, in, in craziness, 
And uh, unfortunately, the sins of the fathers will be visited upon the son. This is Exhibit A. Sad. PJ Media is reporting on a new Gallup poll. Gallup does an annual survey of U.S. institutions. And interesting, there are certain institutions that nobody trusts anymore. And uh, it's, it, it is uh, interesting. Newspapers aren't at the bottom, but they're close to it. In 2022, just 16% of Americans trust newspapers. Television news is what is really low, 11%. Uh, newspapers, that's 16% down from 21%. The highest trusted institutions in America, small business, 68% of Americans trust small business. That is down 2%, though, from last year. 64% trust the military. That's down from 5%. Surprisingly, the third highest trusted institution in this survey, the police. Now, it is down 6% from uh, where it was a year ago. But still, I mean, with and now what's interesting is television news only 11% of Americans trust them, and that's probably why the police still have relatively high numbers, the third highest trusted institution. Interestingly, the medical system. Now, this is really curious because I remember seeing this survey a few years ago, and doctors actually ranked pretty high. But the medical system, just 38% of Americans trust the medical system. Again, that's down 6% from where it was a year ago. Uh, this is a sad commentary. The church or organized religion, just 31% of Americans, according to Gallup, trust the institution of the church. Uh, they do rank higher than the public school system. Public schools, 28%. Again, that's down 4%. A lot of these are down 4%. Uh, interestingly, organized labor is at the same level it was a year ago. They're at 28%. Banks drop 5% from 33%. Only 27% of Americans trust their banks. This is really interesting, the the number of people that don't trust these institutions. Uh, Large technology companies, they're down. Just 26% trust them. Uh, This this has really surprised me. According to Gallup, and, you know, I think Gallup, they seem to be a fairly trustworthy uh, institution for doing their surveys. I don't, they, don't, they don't seem, they don't appear to me to have a lot of bias anyway. The U.S. Supreme Court, just 25% of Americans trust the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, they are 2% higher than the president, though. And uh, interestingly, I don't see, I'm sure it's in here somewhere at the bottom of this, uh, this uh, survey, but I don't see, oh, Congress, there they are. Um, who trusts Congress? Uh, well, in 2022, only 5% of Republicans trust Congress. 7% of independents trust Congress. And interestingly, only 10% of Democrats trust Congress. Looking at uh, television news uh, in 2022, 8% of Republicans trust television news, 8% of independents, 20% of Democrats trust it, which is because they're carrying the water for them, I guess is why they trust it. Um, big business, 19% of Republicans trust big business, 13% of independents, and 13% of Democrats. 
Uh, so basically, there, there's not a lot of institutions out there that uh, Americans trust. The, the biggest one are, are small businesses. So uh, maybe that's why people try to, uh, you know, go and, and buy from the, the small business guy. President Joe Biden signed an executive order today. We talked about that earlier in the first segment, just briefly, to protect abortion access following the Supreme Court's ruling in the abortion Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization that overturned Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey. That's going to be really interesting to see if anybody challenges this executive order. Now, the way they worded it, it probably will pass muster. Basically, the Department of Health and Human Services will make sure that pregnant women and girls will get emergency care if they need it as they're experiencing a pregnancy loss. It was really interesting. If you listen to Joe Rambling's his rambling statement, he basically he, the whole time he was chastising the Supreme Court. You know, we've now got an extremist Supreme Court, and anybody that believes in the sanctity of life and the pro life movement, they're extremists. But um, he he really tried to frame it, and and you know he he used these bizarre examples that you know now if a woman is having a miscarriage. She will not get any medical attention because the doctor will be worried about being sued. And he cited some example of a <laughs> – I mean, as he was rambling, he cited an example of a 10-year-old girl from Indiana who um, wanted to end her presidency is what the is what Joe said. She wanted to – if she couldn't have ended her presidency, she might have died. So, uh, yeah, that's probably how Joe's going to go. Um, but, you know, it's interesting. The, the Supreme Court, again, they ended a constitutional – they did not end a constitutional right to – I mean, they ended a constitutional right on a federal level to abortion. They didn't end abortion. They sent it back to the states. And it was pretty obvious in Joe's comments today that he was really trying to push the idea – that we need to codify Roe v. Wade. I mean, he came out and said, you know, we need uh, a couple of more um, pro-abortion U.S. senators. We need to retain the House, and then we can get Roe v. Wade codified. And, it, Joe, the votes aren't there. The votes just simply aren't there. We talked about this. It was actually in a New York Times article. Now that Roe has been overturned, just ha- just under half, 46% of the public, would like Congress to pass a law allowing abortion nationwide. 44% in this poll, and again, this is a New York Times poll. This isn't any conservative uh, institution. 44% said leave it up to the states. 7% want a national ban. So if you consider that 7% want a national ban and 44% want to leave it up to the states, uh, Joe, the majority is in disagreement with you. And again, we we talked about a uh, poll that was out earlier this week, and um, I don't know. Rank in, in, in when they asked people what was the the most important thing as you consider who you're going to vote for in this upcoming midterm, I don't. And and this poll was taken after the Roe v. Wade decision, the the Dobbs decision came out a couple of weeks ago. I don't know ranked higher 
than abortion when it came to the issues that Americans were most concerned about as they considered who they were going to vote for. So, Joe, you can plead with um, your party all you want, your base all you want, that we need to codify Roe v. Wade. But, Joe, uh, according to the polling that's out there, Americans aren't with you on this. Americans think, no, that's not the most important issue. And, again, you've got to realize that for Joe, his deal right now is he wants to get the focus off of the bad economy, off of the border, off of uh, just the, the crime that we see all around us off of inflation, and the way he thinks he might do that is by pushing the abortion issue. I don't think it's going to work. And again, uh, boy, Joe got uh, – he got creamed on Twitter earlier today. Uh, one Congressman Byron De- uh, Donalds of Florida, after he gave this speech, where people were comparing him to the anchorman character, Will Ferrell, who rem- if you've watched that 2004 film, uh, Anchorman, I mean, anything that was on the teleprompter, Will Ferrell would read. Uh, that's basically what a, a, a lot of people were uh, calling Joe Biden. Uh, what, what was the character's name in, in the uh, film? Um, yeah, Ron Burgundy. It was His last name was Burgundy. I can't remember what his first name was, but, uh, yeah, Burgundy was his, his last name, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they were they – were, Creaming. Yeah, it was Ron Burgundy. It's, uh, here, here it is. Uh, one of the uh, actually ABC Good Morning America Hawaii reporter Jeremy Lee. This is out of ABC News. Made an anchorman reference as well, tweeting and quote and the end of quote I'm Ron Burgundy. Uh, Elon Musk was saying whoever controls the teleprompter is the real president. Yeah, afraid so. Uh, Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh was harassed, and again, there are laws on the books right now that Merrick Garland refuses to endorse, re- endorse, enforce, refuses to enforce. You, you cannot harass or protest a Supreme Court justice with the purpose of getting him to change his vote. It's illegal. There, there are laws on the books right now. Merrick Garland ought to go out and arrest these people. Um, Brett Kavanaugh was eating in a D.C. restaurant, Morton Steakhouse. The people came in. Brett Kavanaugh had to leave out of a back door for his own safety. I don't know if he's with his family or with someone else, but he had to leave out of the back door. Everybody that was eating at the steakhouse was harassed. And this is a blatant dereliction of duty by Merrick Garland. It's malfeasance by the DOJ and the FBI. They won't do anything. I mean, these people, if the Republicans take over in November, which it looks like they will, these people need to be called before Congress. I mean, it's it's sort of sad that we're going to have to spend the first six months uh, under a Republican-led House and Senate dealing with the malfeasance that has taken place under the Biden administration, but it's got to happen. We cannot just say, well, it's water over the dam. We, you know, let bygones be bygones because it happens over and over again. If these people are not held responsible for the malfeasance that they have caused, and listen, 
it's not that unlike. I mean, look look what happened to uh, Shinzo Abe in, in Japan today. I mean, they're, they're, these these people are not right. These people are not stable. I mean, I don't want to suggest anything, but uh, if the if someone's life is taken as a result of the malfeasance of Merrick Garland, the FBI, and the DOJ, who's going to be held responsible? I mean, th- this is lack of law enforcement, and that in itself is a crime. We've got to take another timeout. Stay with us. More news and views for a Friday right after this. This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Last Thursday, the Supreme Court handed down a 6-3 decision in West Virginia versus the EPA that denied EPA's authority to enact sweeping regulations for greenhouse gases that would decarbonize American energy under the Clean Air Act. Um, In the majority opinion that was written by John Roberts, the power grab attempt by Democrats to push their radical energy-killing agenda with unelected bureaucrats got eviscerated. Uh, Roberts wrote, capping carbon dioxide emissions at a level that will force a nationwide transition away from the use of coal to generate electricity may be a sensible solution to the crisis of the day, but not a plausible one that Congress gave the EPA the authority to adopt on its own such a regulatory scheme in Section 111D. A decision of such magnitude and consequence rests with Congress itself and or an agency acting pursuant to a clear uh, delegation from that representative body. The judgment of the Court of the Appeals from the District of Columbia is reversed and the cases are remanded for further proceedings consistent with this opinion. In other words, what John Roberts said is that you do not have the authority as an agency to create law. You do not have the authority as someone in the executive branch to create law, regardless of what Obama said about a phone and a pen. John Roberts made it very clear that you cannot do this. Interestingly, today there was a story in the New York Times that basically was an investigative story saying that the Biden administration is basically uh, thumbing their nose at the Supreme Court saying, well, it's going to take us a little bit more time and we're going to have to go do some more paperwork, but we'll get it done. We'll go ahead and make sure that it happens. That's, in, in essence, the insiders and industry experts that spoke with the Times explained that the Biden administration will have to enact layers and layers of new policies rather than rely on a sweeping single program and that, quote, the EPA has been putting together a menu of three to four different approaches. So basically what they're saying is, uh, we'll get around it. It doesn't matter what the Supreme Court says. We'll get around it. We, we, we might have to be a little bit more deceptive about it. Clever, you might want to use that word, or uh, evil. I don't know. What, what are you filling the blank? But they're thumbing their nose at the Supreme Court. There was a great op-ed by Representative De, uh, Doug um, Lamalov. Lamalov. California 1st Congressional District. 
He writes, in West Virginia versus the EPA, the justices decided 6-3 to repeal an Obama-era rule allowing the EPA to regulate carbon emissions for the entire energy industry. This case was a warning shot regarding the separation of powers between a bureaucratic agency and elected officials who represent the will of the people and are directly accountable to them. In Congress, not acting should be as powerful of a signal to the bureaucracy as taking an action. In other words, what they're saying is, look, Congress has decided. They didn't adopt your uh, emissions control, your EPA regulations, and and it's going to take Congress to adopt it and make it law for it to happen. If they if they respond positively, you got it. If they don't respond, you don't got it. It's that simple. If a new Green Deal member of Congress proposes but doesn't pass a law, that doesn't give agencies the autonomy to create the same outcome by fiat. Bingo. For too long, the court deferred to the bureaucrats as the experts under what is known as the Chevron deference. That assumes the administration employees are neutral when, in fact, they are not. They might be the most liberal ones up there, the bureaucrats. The EPA and the Army Corps of Engineers have been trying to rewrite the meaning of the Clean Water Act so that water rolling down a four-inch furrow is treated like the water coming down a mini mountain range, thus placing every puddle and farm field under the government's thumb. While Chevron USA, Inc. versus Natural Resources Defense Council, Inc. was not overturned in this case, the court has ruled that the government agencies cannot invent their own all-powerful authority out of 40-year-old laws. Thank you. I mean, isn't that not what they did in 1973? I mean, you know, they went back to the Constitution, which is our original law of our nation, right? And then out of that, they say, oh, yeah, we can come up with this. The Biden administration has tried to argue that the Clean Air Act gives the EPA broad powers to allow it to regulate the energy industry sweepingly. Let's be clear. In no way, shape, or form does the Clean Air Act authorize the EPA to cap carbon dioxide emissions in such a way that forces a nationwide transition away from the largest energy-producing industry we have. Those elected by the people to represent the will of the people are the only ones who will have the authority to determine the decisions of this economic and political magnitude, not unelected bureaucrats. And what's really worrying the Democrats right now is the fact that they cannot control. First of all, they don't like the idea of the state's rights being elevated through the Dobbs decision. Secondly, they don't like the right, the idea that they cannot regulate through law created by agencies rather than Congress. And what's they're, what they're really worrying about is this is disappearing. If they didn't get it through now, they're not going to get it through for a long time because they're going to get shellacked come November. we got to take another time out. Stay with us. Back to News and Views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Interesting story just then. Elon Musk has informed Twitter that he's terminating the deal that was uh, he signed to buy the social media giant for, uh, what was it, 44, how much was it? 44 billion, was that what it was? A law firm representing the Tesla CEO sent a letter to Twitter on Friday 
alleging that they appear to have made false and misleading representations when he agreed to buy the company back on April the 25th. Now, they, they, I mean, obviously, there's going to be a lot more to this story. This just came out moments ago. But, you know, one of the things that he was questioning was these bots, these fake Twitter accounts. And, uh, you know, when I, I don't know how many people follow Joe Biden, but come on. I mean, whatever it is, it's probably a tenth of that. And when Hillary was running, remember all the fake Twitter accounts she had? Anyway, apparently it's not going to happen. It is going to be interesting to see. Will this put uh, Twitter in a tailspin? I mean, all the Wokies that we're going to have to either change or leave, I guess they're happy. Fox News is reporting the head of Customs and Border Protection today said there was no evidence that Border Patrol struck Haitian migrants with their reins or whips in the Del Rio, Texas last year, implicitly rebuking the false claim made by President Biden, Nancy Pelosi, and Vice President Harris. Yet, the agency is recommending punishment for the agents for their infractions, such as, are you ready for this? Offensive language and, quote, unnecessary force. Wait a minute. You are hired as an agent to hold back these illegals from crossing over, and you put them on a horse. You're, you're telling them to go stop them from crossing, and uh, this, is, this is what you do to them? You, you're telling them you used unnecessary force and you used offensive language? You know, it's really interesting. Um, in other words, the Biden administration, uh, we know they hate ICE. I mean, they've made no bones about that. I mean, these progressives, they hate ICE. They hate the idea that we're actually going to enforce the laws of the land. So they hate these agents. And so uh, it's been discovered that our original accusations were lies. So we'll make up more lies that they can't really defend themselves on. I mean, it's our word against theirs that they used offensive language. Uh, the reason, I mean, the reason why we knew they didn't have, I mean, we knew they didn't have whips. There was no evidence that they had whips. And we have video and still photography showing that they weren't whipping the people. So we'll come up with another lie that they can't disprove. You know, this is interesting. The people that we should be thankful for, for enforcing our laws, the Biden administration is vilifying. And haven't these people been punished enough for the last 10 months? You've got the president of the United States. You've got the speaker of the House. You've got the vice president of the United States calling these people evil. I mean, the, the president said... These people, I quote, this is a quote from the president. I promise you these people will pay. There will be an investigation underway now and there will be consequences. There will be consequences, end of quote. So these people have been fighting for their reputations, their livelihood for the last 10 months. And yet (laughs) it's not good enough. And, and the reason why they want to punish these people is not, not because they deserve to be punished. I mean, they, basically, they have been punished for the last 10 months. The reason why is they want to try to make Nancy Pelosi, Cousin Eddie Joe Biden, and the laughing hyena, the Vice President Kamala Harris, they want to try to give them, oh, well, okay, 
maybe they didn't whip the people, but they were still wrong. They want to give them an out. And you know, the sad thing is this was nothing but political theater by these people. They were trying, again, they want to vilify. These are the same people that wanted to defund the police. And are not the border agents an extension of the police? Let's vilify them. Let's make them look bad. That's exactly what they did. Yet they, uh, it's, that's not good enough. We got to, we got to knock them down once again. Wow, what a mess! What an absolute mess this White House. And by the way, the White House is now hitting back against uh, Greg Abbott. Uh, they came out earlier today, and uh, they're complaining that it's not right that because Greg Abbott has got um, the National Guard. The state police, the Texas Rangers, all he's got all kinds of individuals capturing the illegal immigrants that are crossing the border, especially the ones they know are criminals. And they're taking them back to the Mexican border and taking them back over to the border. And Joe Biden can't stand it. His press secretary came out and basically said he's causing chaos. And she's saying immigration enforcement is a federal authority matter. Well, do your job then. If it's your, if it's a federal matter to enforce immigration law, then would you please go out and do it? You talk about malfeasance. What is the Texas governor supposed to do when it comes to protecting his people? I mean, he's got an obligation to protect his citizens. And if you're not going to do it, Mr. President... If you're going to allow malfeasance to control your life and how you do everything against the laws in the book, which we've seen, we've gone over numerous stories today. You know what? I would uh, I would say to Greg Abbott, keep it up, Governor. You're doing well. Hey, have a great weekend. Try to get a little uh, sun and fun out there in the midst of the rainstorms, and uh, we'll see you uh, see you next week. Bye bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.